0: This is an Area Code podcast.
1: You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong and Dave Schrader talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me as always is Dave. Dave, how are you today? Well, I'm uh, I'm certainly
0: tired, mm-hmm. uh, but that's because it's the end of the week. We're recording in a Friday right now, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm tired because I woke up at like two or three a.m. and I started watching part one of three of the PBS Ken Burns uh, documentary on Hemingway. And well, so you had to do this at two or three in the morning. Well, I recorded it last week and I had a really, or this past week, and I was very busy. I just didn't have time to watch it then. And plus, it's six hours of Ken mm-hmm. Burns, which it's kind of hard to sit through. Mm-hmm. You just got to be in a mood to, you know, sit down for a Ken Burns documentary. And I love them all in different ways. But uh, but Hemingway is one of those who's just fascinating. So that being said, I still only got through like 30 minutes of it. But it was, you know, it's classic Ken Burns, the what do they, what do they call when they do the close-ups of the pictures? So It makes it feel like it's coming to life. And man, have you like? Is there a Canadian Ken Burns?
1: Aaron, um, that's a good question. Um, yeah. I think the closest that we've got. Let's see here. We have some some folks who are certainly like indie filmmakers play around in documentary a little bit um so bob and doug mckin bob and doug McKenzie, are your
0: uh are your national treasures of film is that all you got
1: no we've got more because most but most of our talent is exported to america so you know there's just that reality that we have to contend with um but taxes baby (laughs) that's certainly true
0: Well, while you're looking uh, uh, who your national treasure is, by the way, I'm just going to keep going on my love for Ken Burns. Um, well, thank
1: you. I appreciate that. You
0: no, know, um, One thing I was so surprised, and we are going to talk a little bit about Hemingway today. We're also going to talk about conference bookstores, because Aaron, where are you recording today?
1: Well, I happen to be in exotic Indianapolis right now, and yeah. it is... Exactly what you would expect it to be. It is It is a large city filled with noise and alternating smells of delicious food and human waste. Um, so and, uh, yeah, wow, that,
0: that, that was an interesting way of endorsing Indianapolis right now.
1: But uh, <laughs> Look, I- I'm actually really kind of annoyed with the city of Indianapolis right now because my hotel is right um right off of the right off of the circle downtown okay oh yeah and um and it's it's a beautiful area it is le- legitimately it's it is is. really nice um nice area but at night it plays this like bombastic fanfare music and mm. projects a like a the image of an American flag waving in the breeze hmm. on a building across the street, and then there's this booming voice that is saying, "Thank you for coming to in for visiting Indianapolis," and it's just like. I want to go to sleep, you jerks. Yeah. So, do you
0: th- has it been going on all year, or is that just because the NCAA tournament was just there?
1: Maybe because of that, I don't know. It's got to be because of that, yeah. I, but then no, they just forgot no. to turn it off.
0: No, no, no. It's the Gospel Coalition, <laughs> which is why you're there. <laughs> That's they true. I am just... here for
1: the Gospel Coalition, and when this is airing. Um on Monday when you all are listening to this, I will be on uh day four slash conference two of this event. <laughs> so let's just go right into it and then we'll yeah. come back to Hemingway.
0: All right. So this is the first significant event, because there really haven't been any uh, that require booth work and bookstore selling
1: that I've oh no, certainly been none since that my I... employer's been involved with.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's really encouraging to see that you guys are out and about and the conference is going. Mm -hmm. So I take it as just wearing masks
1: there. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. We all got our masks on. We are doing, we do a health screening every day. Um, We have a separate, we have a new armband every single day as well. Um, And so it's, and these are just the things you've got to do to, to make it, make it all work. Um, but the, the folks who are running TGC, we got, I got to give it, I got to give a shout out to them because they are oh. working hard in some really, in some really challenging times to make something like mm-hmm. this happen. And oh, yeah. so they're doing a good job.
0: Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, seriously, as much as I know you're already very tired because if anyone has ever been to a conference or, and certainly worked at a conference, you're on your feet a lot. Yes. And if you're working, you're especially on your feet because you got to stand there at your booth and talk to people or stand at the bookstore and talk to people about books, Mm -hmm. which is fun in some ways, except when you have an introverted nature like Aaron and Dave. Um, I know it may not seem that way uh, the way we enjoy talking to each other, but Um, I just, it's a whole nother level of exhaustion after working in a conference. So I'm sorry, I don't miss out, but I empathize with you and,
1: uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Although that makes, that makes this extra hard, extra difficult for me is because you're not here with me, Dave.
0: I know. See,
1: this is your first TGC conference, not being here in a long time. I know. And I do actually miss it because I really do miss a lot
0: of the people. And um, in a weird way, I actually really enjoyed working in the bookstore and mm-hmm. talking to people about books all day long. And it was, I enjoyed the camaraderie of uh, working with other publishers too. And that's how I, I, mean, it's places like TGC where I got to know a lot of the other publishers and yeah. uh, I, I've been going for, 10 plus years, something like that. And so, yeah, first year, I haven't gone. Um, Well, let's see. It was probably, I don't know, 2011. I probably went the first time, maybe 13. I don't remember, but it was, I always enjoyed it. I just was always so exhausted afterwards, but yeah, but I'll say this. So, uh, so you are working clearly in
1: uh,
0: your employer's
1: booth, um, right? One of them. Yes. One of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for the, for the first, you know, for the first conference for the women's conference, because this one is unique in that the women's event and the national conference are back to back. And so that's a, that's a little unusual. They usually space them out by a year and a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, you, you do again, you do what you can in awkward times, but um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) People come by. They're they're cool. They're they're chill. They um, they want to have mm. conversations, um, and I'm happy to happy to tell them about what I do and what, mm. how it can help their church. Sure. Um,
0: one thing, and, and, and although I worked at you know B H booth and also uh, in the bookstore, but the one thing about the bookstore, like if you if you've never been to a conference bookstore, especially a church related one like the Gospel Coalition. It is like you've discovered like a pyramid of cocaine <laughs> and in, in the form of books and you're, a very you are specific Tony Mon- and you are and you are Tony Montana needing a fix and in this case it happens to be seminarians and other people who are highly involved in their churches who are so excited to get a high on... Uh, um, uh, theology books, Aaron. Please do not cut this out. I really was intentional in the way I wanted to share this because I think it's important.
1: And I agree. Really, I'm but, but, not making right. this in. I'm just not saying anything no, except because I'm too busy laughing. No, but so, uh,
0: <laughs> but but I'm I'm using that uh, comparison as a very accurate example because. I mean, it is funny. Like when you see some, like if you got someone who's highly involved in their church or they're in seminary or as I said, their staff at a church, man, it's not just that they can get pretty much any theology book that they want slash need right there. I mean, because it's curated really well by all the publishers, but it's the fact that they get in for 40% off <laughs> or 50 in some cases, you know, I mean, the discounts will be pretty much everywhere, including Amazon. So it's just, funny to see people do that now i'll say this i mean i i would I, to me i would always buy books while i was there to support the store who was there mm-hmm. and uh from other publisher friends of mine I had no problem doing that but um um a very amusing one going back to the it was one of the last desiring god conferences uh, the main one not the bethlehem pastors conference but the uh uh the one in september that desiring god used to do Um, which was fun. They did one year, uh, the theme was all on C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. And, oh, see, it's, I mean, they had the typical assortment of theology books there, as I just described, uh, TGC has, but you added on these tables and tables of C.S. Lewis related books and custom editions and these beautiful um, leather editions, all these things. Now that was, that was really fun. I, Mm -hmm. I wish, it would have done like a Tolkien one and a bunch of other like great other writers that Christians also like and I don't know I, I remember loading up there and giving presents that year to people uh, it was it was fun yeah so sometimes it could be personally uh, enjoyable
1: yeah and yeah um,
0: but yeah again standing on my feet I'm sorry for you well, um, I have stools
1: at my uh, okay at my at my booth so I use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but i also have i also have uh have um orthotically sound shoes to enjoy so <laughs> i don't know why that's funny
0: orthotically sounded shoes okay so they're nice and comfy that's good they're comfy okay.
1: they have built in orthotics it's good taste nice. cuz i'm a thousand years old
0: it's it's okay it's all right <laughs> i
1: mean i can't remember
0: was there were these and I definitely wore these shoes on on accident to a, uh, a conference I don't remember which one um, I remember going to get some Steve Madden shoes and uh, which I know it's funny they're just like you know just every day like work dress shoes whatever it was so funny because there's this lady who's uh, you know you're definitely southern certainly with a a, a twinge of, of country and She's so funny. She saw me like picking them up and looking at them and she's like, son, that dog don't hunt. Those are the most uncomfortable shoes you would ever wear in your life. (laughs) I'm like, thank you, (laughs) ma'am. I'm going to go by my way now. But yeah, you got to have comfortable shoes. So yeah, I'm that way too. I'm, uh, I'm well, Well, I don't don't know. Why are we talking about shoes? What are we doing? I don't know. What are we talking about Aaron? Gosh, I thought we were talking about books. All right, conference. Let's go back. All right. Yeah. So, uh, what, what's exciting to you right now about the at TGC and the bookstore in particular?
1: Well, one of the things is actually exciting um, about that experience is is honestly just seeing how people are responding to being in person
0: mm. together.
1: So. Mm. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's very interesting to see and to be able to, see, and for me personally, it's like, okay, cool. Some of my conference friends are there yeah, and not all of them, but some of them are. Yeah. And sure. so it's like, all right, cool. I get to see this person and I get yeah. to see like, so Adam Dalton, who um, are, <laughs> who's a mutual friend of ours, who yes. uh, works for, uh, for IVP and yeah. um he's, he's hanging out you know, he's in and out through, throughout this thing over the next week. So I actually get to see, get to see him a little bit. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Some other folks from, from different, different ministries, different publishers, um, you know, um, Josh Sutton from the Gettys, uh, he's going to be hanging out here too. He's, he's a friend as well. So, um, so yeah, so this is, this is, there's a whole group of us who kind of all do these same events together to the point that we've joked that maybe we should start a small group. So <laughs> prob- whenever prob- we're at these things
0: probably should. So there you go. Well, it'd
1: probably be better for us than, than, than not. So, hmm. but, uh, but, um, aside from that, I think, um, on another level, um, just being able to just walk around the bookstore itself. And, um, I never, I almost never feel any pressure to buy anything at any bookstore ever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I enjoy walking around and just seeing, okay, what's here. Mm -hmm. And what is it that, what is it that, um, because it is so curated and it is specifically for the, uh, it is specifically for for the church, and it's specifically for church leaders in many cases. Um, what is it that that publishers are bringing out as as the pieces with their best foot forward? And so um, so there's some pretty cool stuff, like um, there's a there's a couple of books by Nancy Guthrie that just came out that are there that uh, at least one of them I'm looking forward to picking up. Um, one is her, I'm praying for you book, um, that she wrote during, uh, during the last year. Um, she's got another one. That's, um, part of a series with 10 of those that is, um, there, um, there that you should know or that kids should know series. So, and it's like what cool. every kid should know about prayer is, is hers. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Is Nancy there speaking? Uh, I I, yeah, yeah, she's around. I think so. And she's yeah. there. I okay. I saw her, but I didn't have a chance to talk to her. Okay. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Well, always love to have Nancy back on. She's great.
1: Uh, uh, hey, I'm looking forward to her yeah. giving me a hard time the next time uh she's on.
0: Oh, that's, uh, that's all part of it. So funny. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry to, uh, that I'm missing you there, but uh, my feet do not miss it. And uh, But yeah, it's, it's, it's a good sign of life to see that going on again because you sell a lot of books there and you certainly learned about a lot of new books. It's just, as you said, from browsing around. So that's great. Cool. I love it. Well, uh, I guess back to my insomnia. And uh, uh, so yeah, Ernest Hemingway.
1: Yeah. I see there's go. Let's just, let's just bring these two together a little how, bit more how do we, smoothly. You know, so the, you talked the moment, about
0: the moment we learn that we see an Ernest Hemingway book at a TGC bookstore. We know it's the end,
1: right? Is that it? Well, this is what I was going to say is, is that unfortunately, not only did Desiring God stop doing conferences, but they didn't get around to doing a Hemingway one, a uh, Hemingway themed biography. And it's probably for the best because I don't think you could make that work. Um, yeah,
0: there were some things in life, some choices that he made uh, that probably wouldn't lend so well to the Reformed community in general, too, or Christians in general. But the raging alcoholism among them. Well, <laughs> like i said i never said his life wasn't interesting it's absolutely fascinating yes (laughs) but
1: uh yep man um where do we begin with him then (laughs) well i will well i mean ken burns you know he restrained himself he only went six hours he only went six yeah which is plenty (laughs) you know i I will say this there's a uh
0: there there are some a variety of great biographies on him, and i i would watch i certainly recommend um you know, the, uh, you know, just to, uh, I would say, I mean, we're going to talk about books that are, that he has written. I think that's like first things first. That's what we need to do. But you know, um, what is it? Mary Dearborn wrote a great biography on him. And uh, a few years ago, that's the only one I read all the way through. And it's definitely more of a, it's not a, um, Ernest Hemingway was one of those people where there's a lot of legend around him. Um, and he was very good at building himself up. There's something about that era where you have to think like he comes out of worshiping someone like Teddy Roosevelt growing up. He's born turn of the century Mm -hmm. and it's life as a pure adventure, uh, to be had is what that's part of that's his ethos. Um, what you learn as he in his life, you know, not only wrote amazing books, he placed himself at some of the most significant points in history, because at the end of the day, he was a reporter and he learned to write early on, especially with the Kansas city star. That was his first writing official like reporter job. Um, He was taught to write in short sentences, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to reporting. But that was one of the few things he took over to his uh, f- uh, his book length uh, writing, which is part of a signature thing. He just, um, we need to have Brian Daniel on some point because Brian is really, Brian can do a very good, like we can talk about like something going on in, in the world and he'll find a way to like bring an earnest. What would Ernest Hemingway say about it? And it's so good, yes. A sporting event the night before, he would find a way. Ernest Hemingway would say it in these short little sentences. And uh, but it's good, no. But uh, the other thing about Hemingway that I, I think is fascinating, I mean, yes, I mean, he notably um, he committed suicide mm-hmm. uh, by shotgun. Sorry, people, I know that's it's hard to hear, but. When you study his life, you learn he comes from a family that had mental illness, even though they didn't know what to call it then. And he certainly battled it throughout his life. But again, like these are earlier times and people didn't understand it as much. So, you know, reading bullet points of his life are fascinating because he, yeah, I mean, he was uh, uh, the equivalent of an ambulance uh, driver. And slash medic in World War One, helping out the Italians with the Red Cross. He was injured, wounded, you know, shot in the leg, shrapnel. Um, that became the inspiration for uh, a Farewell to Arms. Years later, mm-hmm. he, um, you know, he placed himself reporting on the uh, uh, Spanish Civil War. Um, you know that Franco ended up winning. You know, with the and the fascists taking over. Um, and that's where you get for whom the bell tolls. He was at Normandy in World War II reporting. I mean, so here you go, Operation Overlord, and he's there. And and spent years in Cuba after that, and um as as well as you know, notably Key West. Um, he just wanted to live in the adventure. And that's where a lot of his writing came was seeing life and death head on and his ability to report on it. Well, um, uh, that's part of his secret. So I remember growing up reading the old man in the sea, which he wrote later in life. That's his one Pulitzer, right. Mm -hmm. And Nobel prize did he win as well. I can't remember, but Mm -hmm. point is definitely Pulitzer, but, um, um that that's the one i remember reading as a kid probably the only one that was appropriate for uh you know early high school or something and um like i said his descriptions were um i don't know beautiful is the word just uh memorable certainly but he was very easy to read too but also wrote in a simple yet complicated way if that makes any sense you just have to like read his sentences and you wonder boy another author would go really descriptive in a situation where he would avoid that he would just state facts but by stating facts that became descriptions so i just it's just unique and there's not there's some who try to emulate him today um but he'll always have a style that'll endure so i i don't know i'm one of those i i love his writing Mm -hmm. i know i think a lot of men certainly do um because he's kind of the man's man of of writers I like him, of course, because he has cats. He had lots of cats, right? So it helps you
1: feel more manly about it. It helps me form a manly,
0: you know. And then, <laughs> it's always funny. It's like I bring it up, and then someone says, "You know, he commits suicide, right?" I'm like,
1: "What does that have to do with?" I don't cats? think you know what. Maybe he it, didn't
0: it has, actually. Maybe it was the cats that did it. Maybe it was the cats who murdered him. That's yeah. really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yes, he was a philanderer as well, married yes. multiple times, three times, right, and plus uh, I'm I probably has affairs galore. Yeah, but the point is, he um, I applaud him in the sense of he, you know, writers, you write what you know, you write what you see. He intentionally put himself in places to where he could do that. Mm-hmm and perhaps to the detriment of his family the detriment of many others. But the reality is um, we still read his books today because they're fascinating. Yeah. And um, so I thought, yeah, I was really pleased to see Ken Burns, you know, tackle, you know, a three-part series with him. So I look forward to finishing it. But like mm-hmm. I said, I, I, so far, everything I've watched, I remember pretty well from the biography. And, uh, um, you know, I grew up in Kansas city until I was 15. So there were, you know, people, Kansas City Star would always claim Ernest Hemingway where he got his start. Um, Mm -hmm. In many ways, he did, you know, if you look at their guidelines for writing, it spells out his style, you know, which is not every newspaper would do that, but he's just a great reporter. Um, um, He's also one of those two who, especially during that age is, well, i've mentioned this and we've certainly shared uh gifts on this many time on twitter but uh you know midnight in paris uh Corey stall's impersonation of him is perfect and hilarious it probably speaks more to the legend of him but it is so funny and um you know he's just kind of the the man's man of that but by it you see all these like insecurities and flaws and that's part of what you get, but man, he had the discipline of writing. I think there's one thing we we've studied in terms of good writers is that boy, they had the discipline to get up and write and, or write late in the night, whatever. They just found ways to get it done. I don't think he suffered with writer's block the same way. I think he'd just say, Nope, you just write and you get it out whatever you got inside of you. So.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is, that's definitely a key thing that I think is that is important for people, like mm-hmm. if you want, like it, especially those who want to be writers, that it's like there, there, there is that oh, yeah. discipline side of it. It's not, um, you know, the, whatever the whatever the flowery image of, you know, that that often I think people draw from legends of Hemingway and people like him, of you know, yeah. if you got your your writer's cabin and whatnot. it's like, no, you just, you just have to sit down and do it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh yeah. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. So speaking of sitting down and doing it, I am really excited because I'm making some progress on this book that we talked about in our last last episode. That's right. Why
0: don't you recap that for people just in case people didn't catch your uh, surprise episode last week.
1: Well, um, so as People listening to this show may or may not be aware. um, I am writing a book for Lexham press that does not yet have a title um, because we're working on that. (laughs) working on it. We're working on it. But um, the big idea of it is that it is a book for adult new believers on the mess of being an adult new believer by someone who was an adult new believer and how the church can help in all of that too. So, um, That is, that's kind of the big idea of it. So what we're doing is we're going through, um, you know, some of the basic, um, the basic foundational stuff that you would, that you would want to know about as, as a new believer, like, okay, so you're going to hear people tell you, oh, well, you know, you should read the Bible every day. Well, what is the Bible and what's it about? Why, why does this actually matter really (laughs) to your spiritual development uh, prayer is really weird. So, um, you know, let's talk about that. Um, what should we be doing? Like, what should we be looking for in a church? And how do we know when we should stay, when we should go, and all that kind of stuff? Um, but then it gets, but it also gets into some really into some territories that I think a lot of churches, like a lot of, um, in a lot of cases, a lot of people in a lot of churches would get very uncomfortable with um, because it, um, is either things that they haven't really thought about themselves um, mm-hmm. so one of those things is you know our relationship with pop culture and music mm-hmm. and comics and a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this show mm-hmm. um, every single week where we're figuring out okay how do how do we enjoy certain certain things as Christians when there's not an overt, Um, when, when there's certainly not an overt, um, you know, any sort of overt spiritual content at all (laughs) to it. Sure. Um, it's just stuff that is made for fun. (laughs) Okay. All (laughs) Um, right. I get that. Yeah. And then, you know, some, some other, other big things like, you know, when you get saved and live with your significant other, but you're not married and what do you do? So, you know, little things. Little things like that. So <laughs> it's, uh, should I say,
0: uh, I bet it's been fascinating trying to like go back and process, you know, how you felt during that time. And oh, yeah. And again, like just the whole reason for the book, not knowing what to do, you know, yeah. I mean, and it's not like you have this background of Christian culture of knowing like the do's and don'ts of this. But what is scripture to say this? Like on a practical level, like, well, how do you do this? You know, and I totally
1: get that. Yeah. 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 So, so the nice thing is, is that, um, you know, through the process, I got a head start on it, which was great. Yeah. Um, So I had, um, we're shooting for around 40,000 words kind of thing for this piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now I'm at around 23,400 so that's problematic yeah. because that's, because I need, I, I need to get, I'm going to have to do some trimming. <laughs> totally get it. Totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Unless, uh, unless like some wants to up that word count and page count, but uh, I don't know that they're going to want to do that. So.
0: Um, well, keeping it 40 K makes it very accessible. So I, I understand the, yeah. the need. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be here before you know it. I mean, good. true. I mean,
1: August 1st uh, is the is the due date. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: So, That's right. For a uh, spring twenty
0: two release. I yep. love it.
1: It's exciting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so well, are you've been able to get any writing done actually at the conference?
1: Uh, not yet, but yeah. um, I expect that I'm going to be able to probably tonight, tomorrow yeah. kind of thing. Sunday is a fairly light day. Which means that it is an, uh, it's a really good opportunity for me to just unplug for a while and, and take sure. care of that.
0: Sure. Totally get it. So,
1: yeah. but if I can do, you know, a few hundred <laughs> words a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ahead, no problem.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm excited for you. I know it's a, this is something that you've been uh, itching to do for years. It's just a matter of, okay, now, now the book is to be structured and, and uh August of the date it's so crazy um, yep uh, wow well you're going to make it through this conference first and then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll keep going we'll get we'll we'll uh we'll get back on our schedule and so on so i know everyone's excited about that
1: too <laughs> yeah that's right that's right now let's go back to document mm-hmm. documentarians so who is canada's ken ken burns oh you found this person well i'm going to throw even- out a i'm gonna throw out a possibility of who i think would be as close as we've got so in terms of film directors i would lean toward um bruce mcdonald as our um um as our mainstream mainstream ish Um, film director who would be as close as we get and so he's done he now he's done a lot of mockumentary work he's done a lot of he does a lot of like fictional storytelling stuff like that too um he's directed a bunch of short films concert Mm -hmm. films uh documentary television series like he's done one called uh young street uh toronto rock and roll stories um uh he's directed he's actually even directed horror movies interestingly um but he did um he did one of his one of his best known films is one called hardcore logo i saw Um, that and so it was a it was a mockumentary style film that was built around um it's a pretty dark movie so it's not like it's um it's it's not mockumentary like this is spinal tap kind of thing (laughs) um wait wait, hold on hold on hold on here
0: hold on hold the phone hold the phone i just found something on him he has directed episodes from lonesome dove (laughs) see it all can it all all connects together (laughs) it all connects together i think the lord is telling you through me in this instance (laughs) um that you need to jump back on and fret page 54 and keep going so <laughs> I'm just saying i'm just saying canada is telling you this Canada is okay? telling me okay the lord is telling canada in the form of bruce mcdonald and he's telling me by reading this wikipedia page uh, <laughs> and now i'm telling you there you
1: go. Nice, I appreciate that.
0: Is this how the Holy Spirit works? I'm not uh, sure. sure. why not? I just okay. All right, I wouldn't. I mean, okay.
1: I don't think no. I mean, he can use whatever he wants. He can use whatever means he chooses. That's true. Even a Google search. It's amazing. That's right. That's right. Amazing. Yeah. So he's one that I would put on that list. Okay. Um, but there is um. Uh, but there is a um. Uh, there's another documentarian um, slash filmmaker that I would I would put on a list of has the potential to be as as good as and that's actually one I've worked with a couple of times. Uh, his name's Stephen McCaskill and so we worked together on the Luther documentary on the Through the Eyes of Spurgeon documentary. He's done um, he's done a couple a uh, couple more recent things. One was called Puritan um he's he did he worked with Tim Challies on his on his mm-hmm. series epic um basically yeah. going through like a worldwide tour of christian christian history type of stuff um that uh, Zondervan was releasing um and so so those are those he's he's a very sharp self-taught filmmaker mm-hmm. who has a really good sense of story hmm. and a very keen visual sense. And so that's, so those two things together um, work really, really well.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. So Canada, there you go. That's, that's your, that's your Ken Burns or one oh, of two. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever listened to Ken Burns being interviewed, but, uh, I presume Bruce and what's the other guy's name again, Stephen. Stephen, Thank you. I would think they speak as fondly about Canada in the ways that, uh, Ken Burns does, but what I like about Ken Burns, I'll just say this as an American, you'll be one soon. Don't worry. <laughs> um, what I love about him is his ability to, uh help define where we are in the narrative mm-hmm. um, and and where all these points are along the way. And, and you, you understand that whether he's giving you a story about our national parks or this American civil war or world war II, Vietnam, um, the Roosevelt's uh, I mean, there's been so many he's done. Um country music, right? That was this mm-hmm. big one. I mean, uh, and, and by the way, he's got, if you go to his website, he's got like 12 in development in any given. So it's amazing. A lot of people think, oh, he's been working on this for years. I'm like, true, but he's got a lot of them he's working on at one time. And uh, he and Lynn Novak, are, Novak, right? They're the ones who write these together now and really good. But no, I, I appreciate it. And, and he doesn't ignore the warts, uh, which uh, you appreciate, but he also shows how the story can triumph ultimately. Um, you know, if America's great sins are slavery and the elimination of Native American population, uh, then um, he's also hopeful about how uh, how we pave a way forward too. Mm-hmm. Um, without ignoring the fact of that, that past. So I, I just, I appreciate that. Um, Good. You know, I, I, there's one thing about Americans. We love learning about ourselves. So, um, so when Aaron gives me a Canadian version of the war of 1812, I know, Oh, wait a minute. There's another perspective out there. Oh, there is apparently.
1: And then he says, I "I refuse to read this. And I refuse to accept that anyone else could believe that something that there is a different point of view and then throws it away.
0: I did not throw it away. It's on my bookshelf. And it's, (laughs) it looks really cool on the bookshelf though. I'll say that it's a really good, huge book. It is. So there you go.
1: Mm. Is it your lonesome dove?
0: Uh, no, I have definitely skimmed through it. So, uh, it's different than what, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's like that type of like read all the way through book. I'm not sure. So I've got a few history books I purchased, mm-hmm. but I've not just like sat down and read all the way through. I've picked yeah. them up many times to go through pieces of them. So I don't click it as read on Goodreads though. Okay. I'm just saying okay. I have it. So I appreciate I that. yeah. I appreciate
1: well,
0: speaking that. of that, what, what are you reading right
1: now? Well, I'm excited about that, too, because since I'm in Indianapolis, I um, and my hotel happens to be directly across the street from the comic book store that I that I visit whenever oh. I'm in Indianapolis. <laughs> OK, OK, hold on.
0: Before you introduce that, do you know where my mind went? So if anyone has been to Indianapolis, you know, the center <laughs> part of Indianapolis is a very... You you can't avoid it. It's a huge World War One memorial, yeah. and uh, it is one of the largest ones in the United States, I think. And uh, um, but it's really cool. It's a great roundabout yeah. there, and uh, I literally thought you were going to say a World War One book because no. when you look out your window, that's okay. Fine, a comic book store. Oh yeah. gosh. All right. So I'm gonna i have two to tune out books while with Aaron me. talks. I have several
1: books with me, though. Okay. Cause you know, I needed options. So I grabbed, um, I grabbed two books that my kids are going to be really happy about when I get home. They're called, they're, they're from the final two volumes of a series called The Terrifics. <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's just, it's a fun series. It was, it was, uh, released two and a half, three years ago, kind of things as a, as its starting point, it's wrapped up yeah. now. Um, uh, Gene, uh, Lun Yang is, uh, the writer on the series. He did, um, American born Chinese, um, Superman smashes the clan and, and a bunch of other stuff like that. Uh, he's really thoughtful writer. Um, yeah. I'm yeah, based out of, uh, I think, you think he's based out of, uh, San Francisco, but, uh, so okay. I got those, um, but, um, I also have with me. Two of the books that we talked about the a little while ago when we were talking about Mac, Larry McMurtry. And Dave, I have your copies at my house. So the next time Thank I'm you. in Franklin, I'll drive them off at your office. I so I that. have The Last Kind Words Saloon and Boone's Lick.
0: Boone's Lick. Boone's I lick. like it. I like there it. There you go. So
1: I think of these two. Um, so I think the one, cause we talked about reading one of these together and then discussing having a little, little bit of book club going on. Okay. I think the one that we should try is the last kind word saloon. Okay. Because mm. it is. Um, and I'm just going to read you. I'm just going to read the back cover copy here because okay. it's, it's actually really interesting. Bring it. So uh, in, in this, this quote, comically subversive work of fiction end quote uh, Larry McMurtry chron- chronicles the closing of the American frontier through the travails of two of its most important figures, Wyatt Earp and doc holiday tracing their legendary friendship from the set, the settlement of lost long grass, Texas to Buffalo Bill's Wild West show in Denver, and finally to Tombstone, Arizona, the last kind word saloon finds Wyatt and Doc living out the last days of a cowboy lifestyle that's already passing into history. And in his stark and peerless prose, McMurtry writes of the myths and men that live on, even as the storied West that forged them disappears.
0: Very nice. Very nice, Aaron. Well done.
1: Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. So okay. I think this is the one. I think this okay. is the one that we're going to read. All right. I'm in. I like All it. All right. The last book that I have with me is uh, William Kent Kruger's new newest Lightning Strike. And so this is the version that I have, of course, is um, an advanced reader's edition. So um, it is not final text. It's it's generally speaking, it's a it's a pre-final edit version on with any of those kind of things. Yep. Um, which means there's probably gonna be some typos.
0: Yeah, it doesn't come until October, I think, right? Uh, yeah, August.
1: Uh, yeah, August, August, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this one's cool because this is so this is this is one of the Quark O'Connor books, but it involves a 12-year-old Cork O'Connor.
0: Yeah, I know. Then- I'm excited to have Kent back on so we can yes. talk about the art of mystery writing. I, I, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, even though we talked a lot about this tender land and ordinary grace last mm-hmm. time we did go into Cork O'Connor, but not much really. And I, yeah. I would love to go into that more because uh, I, I honestly, I, had you read one of those books when we interviewed him? I had, no, I read. hadn't yet. at that. So point. yeah. So I, yeah, I would love to do that. Now I have, so yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we will we will do that. Um okay. I will say uh I, I'm back in my weird mode again. I just finished reading another uh near distant future um uh, book on the end of You're the You're back United to dystopian. States. I well, it's not dystopian. It's called uh, 2034 by Admiral uh Stravitas and he, he wrote a really good book called The Voyage of Character. He's written like 15 books, but, you know, retired admiral. But um, this one's co-written as a novel of basically what would the Third World War look like and how would it subtly happen? And, and, and this is not revealing anything, but it's everything from, you know, what would a war with China look like and Russia and um And a lot of it has to do with, think of the way pseudo little things would happen leading up to World War Mm One, whereas a lot of it is uh, a tit for tat, smaller battles that turn into something much larger, as you can imagine. But it's told kind of through a few different perspectives and uh, it's done really well. It's a cautionary tale. A novel as you can imagine of him saying what would the next war look like starting from a cyber perspective which is understandable when it comes to china and it was really interesting i mean it's not the best book but i tell you it was it was right up there with you know one uh, one second after and that kind of world of like how would how would world powers respond to things and uh, i don't know i find the stories fascinating but it's called 2034 it's the date clearly and uh it's good so cool. there you go that's what that's i just finished it up so i won't nice. ruin it for you if you like that kind of thing it's really interesting so nice there you go
1: that's that's it. awesome
0: well Very end cool. of the world end of the world type stuff it's so much fun
1: come on that's right and while speaking in the end of the world i've got to walk back over to the indianapolis convention center all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna keep on sitting in my chair while you do that all right paul you um i don't even know what i, I'm, I don't know you yeah. can go with that so <laughs> yeah. anyway dave it was lovely to see you from uh from here in exotic indianapolis in my uh you know dark hotel room that i didn't bother to open the blinds for hey
0: rock and roll man i know you you you're, you're making it hang in there you'll be, you'll be back
1: in weeks from now i mean weeks that's, that's right yeah, next week. Next week, it'll be fun. We'll right. be in our usual locations next, next Friday. Okay, so. I like it. <laughs> all right, and on that note, uh, we'll talk to you later. And, and listeners, you know what to do. Five-star ratings and reviews all around. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. This is an Area Code podcast.